Hey, 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 people, I hope you are doing amazing. I know, I know, hard pass, but you know what? Welcome to Follow Talks with Cynthia. We're back for another week, just like I had promised, another episode. This is just where we debunk the mental health crisis in Uganda. And today we're going to be focusing on depression. Very big topic. I know, I know we won't finish it today. We're just giving, I'm just going to give you an overview. And then in the next episodes, we'll be talking about a thing one after another. And this is just an overview. And then in the next, we'll probably have what is depression, the understanding of depression. We'll have a history on depression, the causes, the symptoms, the signs, what to do, where to go. Anyway, like I said, hey, 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 people, I hope you're doing great. I'm doing amazing. Like I said, I had pass, I know, because, I mean, psh, we're all battling a pandemic and it's obscene outcomes. It's a tough time for everybody. It's been pretty cold in Kampala. By cold, I mean Uganda level cold, if you know what I mean. Those of you that have been around here, my cold is probably like <laughs> 20 degrees or more, not less. Less would mean, ooh, I'm dying, boss. Anyway, like I said, we're all battling a pandemic, so it's a tough time for everybody. But we need to talk about depression because if we don't talk about depression, a lot of people are going to slip into it because of the outcomes of the coronavirus. I mean, the obvious one, the most obvious one is a lockdown. A lockdown stops us from doing a lot of things. We're restricted. There's a particular amount of time you can spend out and then you've got to be indoors. And yet this is a time that comes when people have a lot less friends people have a lot less physical interactions and we all know what that can do to somebody well none of us ever seriously imagined a time when we would all be locked up and without social interactions like physical social interactions and as human beings we thrive on socializing both directly and indirectly i know i know alona is probably going to disagree but hear me out Yes, you think you can thrive alone, but you'll probably need those books to read or that music to listen to or the movies and oh my, oh my, the internet. I mean, what could we do without the internet? Here I am on a podcast, the internet. (laughs) And that creates your social link to others despite it being indirect. So really, we can't exactly live without someone. In one way or another, we've got to have an interaction with people i mean it's being indirect but the physical one is also very very important even the loners have you know a few hey hey time with a few hey hey people however you'd like to call it anyway back to my point anyway i'm doing okay i know that it seems like we are all at a point where yes everything really is fine but is not fine like hell this is the obvious time well i mean we're all experiencing the tight financial situation and the quarantine the lockdown and the most painful the coronavirus disease our hearts all go to the affected people and those that lost the battle to the virus we pray and we shall continue praying for them let their candles keep burning and may their souls rest in peace we can't forget the people 
that are dealing with the coronavirus, trying to fight with it, especially the doctors and the nurses, our hearts all go out to them. They're very, it's a, it's a huge sacrifice, I mean, to give up yourself and say, okay, let me go and, you know, do something here, blah, blah. Yeah, you know the role. This episode opens follow talks to the topic of depression because in this lockdown, there's been a rise in different things. I mean, I was reading something on gender, uh, a paper on gender-based violence, and it was saying that um, gender-based violence all over the world, not just in Uganda, all over the world has gone up and it has taken efforts to eradicate it back to over 10 years. That's a huge time to take it back to, but this, this has been recorded through a higher number of calls uh, on helplines for gender-based violence, a higher number of um, people losing their jobs. A lot of people have been laid off, and those that haven't been laid off at least have had their finances cut, some by, by half, 50%, others by even more, some people 75% cut. It's a tough time for everybody. So some of these things, they bring up a lot of stress. I was listening to radio recently and someone was saying people were not really together as such before the lockdown. And then the lockdown comes and then guess what? Uh, before, before the virus, I mean, no one even expected it to come. It just came and boom, we're all stuck where we are. Before the virus, um, a man has, say, four wives, and probably comes around once a week, you know. I'm talking, let, let's talk about like one family. He comes around maybe once or twice a week, and that is it. So imagine a lockdown catches you at a time when you have to, you, you have nowhere to go, you have to stay where you've been going about two or three times a week. It's tough because you don't know yourselves like that. You don't know yourselves that much. Uh, you're used to having your own life. You Basically, you're not used to each other and living with each other. And then now you have to live, you have to look at this person all day long, all night long. Everywhere you turn, this person is there, this person is there, this person is there. So it creates a lot of tension, say, in a home. And maybe that is uh, one of the reasons for the increased levels of gender-based violence, of course, among other things like dependency and stress from um, uncertainty, there's people with anxiety because they're unsure of tomorrow, everyone's unsure of the next day and whatnot. But in this episode, we, as we talk about depression, as much as depression has been here for a long time, a really, really long time, it has often been misunderstood. I mean, I believe that Depression has been here for as far as humanity has existed because it has a lot of triggers. You know, let, let, let me give an example of stress. Different factors stress different people at different levels. I'm going to be stressed because I don't have money. You are going to be in a very good position even when you don't have money. You're not going to really care as much. But... It's not, it, it's, not, it's not validation for you to hull it out at someone because they're stressed over what you look at as a very, very tiny, minor, minor thing. So there's different things. And I mean, 
money hasn't always been there but imagine a time when you're lonely the the beginning of you know humanity definitely some people had to be lonely i mean i am guessing there were much less people than they are right now so loneliness could have been you know something that could have triggered depression back then or lack of food or lack of shelter or there's no sense of belonging and the like you know anyway uh depression is a mental health disorder characterized by persist a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest in activities um a persistent loss of sadness it's um someone once described depression to me as a big huge dark bottomless pit imagine you just keep falling and falling and falling the thing about depression is not just depression any other mental health uh, illness it's it's so bad because you can't even explain it to someone you can't even explain how you feel or if you can't explain how you feel it's hard because it's not physical it's like if i slap you if i slap someone there's going to be max there's going to be pain you can explain that but how can you explain psychological pain how can you explain emotional pain it's difficult because you can't see it you can't touch it you can't say oh i saw your depression last week it's worn off a bit you can't say that so it's it, it makes it very very hard and depression is characterized by sadness extreme extreme sadness i'm not talking about i'm not talking about the sadness that maybe maybe um maybe you failed to open the door so you are a bit sad no i'm talking about serious serious sadness imagine sadness that um if i'm talking depression and extreme sadness if i'm talking on a scale of 1 to 10 i'm talking <laughs> the sadness that at a level of 400 out of 1 to 10 so i'm talking 400 there's loss in activities i mean when you're extremely sad you just barely have any energy or interest in anything sometimes you you you're a great singer you sing all the time you you live for music suddenly you don't even feel like singing suddenly you can't even find your voice suddenly you just don't even know why you used to sing somehow you just can't and you can't really explain it it affects how one thinks and feels and behaves because it's so it's a very dark place to be like i said bottomless pit very very dark place to be so it affects how one thinks because one one has one is holding in a sense of hopelessness hopelessness and the self-worth is gone it's gone one doesn't even see anything one doesn't see the reason to leave the reason to do something there's no good feeling in them so whatever you tell them they'll they'll just have a negative thought you know you'll probably be like mm, you know i'm really glad i'm graduating and what and someone is going to probably be like i'm just giving an example i'm just giving an example and someone just goes like ah for what you know what what what's the point in graduating what's the point in achieving anything you know we're all going to die you start hearing someone talk about death um getting suicidal get but we'll get to that we'll get to that they have difficulty doing um 
normal day-to-day things anyway i'm talking in they but it could be you you know you could be having difficulty doing day-to-day things by day-to-day things i mean you can't get out of bed you're not sleeping but you can't get out of bed to do anything or if you do you can't even make your bed if you usually make your bed anyway there is some of us ah some of you (laughs) that don't really make the beds oh some but it's just an example it's just an example something something small like that can really really fail someone to do but before i go any further if you're in uganda wherever you are kampala arua recently we have some towns that have been made cities if you're in any of the cities or in a rural place or whatever an advo- a mental health advocacy organization called strong minds uganda it's located in Bugolobi in Kampala. Those of you that live in Kampala, it's located in Bugolobi. It has partnered with the Ministry of Health to bring uh, mental health services closer, much closer to everyone. So you don't have to feel alone. You don't have to feel sad. You don't have to. You don't have to feel like the world is turning against you. If you've ever feel depressed, you ever feel sad, you don't have to actually be. Uh, diagnosed with depression but you just feel so so sad you feel so down you have nobody to talk to and you want to talk to someone you want to talk to a professional there's free counseling brought to you by strong minds in partnership with ministry of health all you have to do is dial on your phone dial star two five two star one zero hash i repeat dial star two five two star one zero hash uh, if you're using MTN or AfriCell, it's a free service. You don't have to worry about paying. It's a free service. But if you're using Airtel, it's going to, you know, you're going to have to part with 116 shillings. Just 116 shillings. Chikumi and 60 cents. And you're good to go. I'm not sure if they're cents or what. But a Chikumi, that, that coin, 160 shillings on airtel and you'll get free services someone will come and talk to you a professional will come around and talk to you they'll contact you and they'll talk to you just dial star two five two star one zero hash and follow prompts and you will get worked on you'll have someone to talk to you'll have free counseling it's a free service so don't worry about it once again mtn and our free cell users it's free of charge you don't have to i mean it's free of charge to dial and you know make contact with them but even the counseling it's free for everybody it's free someone will get back to you um the most prevalent mental illness in the developing world that's where uganda is uganda is among the developing countries the most prevalent mental illness is depression and about 66 million women in africa are suffering from depression now i mean that number must be a lot bigger when we look at uganda not much has been found or worked on in terms of depression but uh, especially on research so there's no specific numbers i can't give you specific numbers right now there's no particular paper that has specific numbers for the entire country it's just a few districts samples and here and there not much has been done but i do believe that in the wake of covid 19 and people waking up to address mental health and whatnot something will be done and numbers will be out on the exact numbers but then again you can't get exact numbers on mental health because there's a lot of people that suffer without knowing and then there's those that know but they can't get help anyway 
depression is a bad thing please help out anyone that you think has depression please try to protect yourself if you ever feel like you're sleeping once again please dial star 252 star 10 hash and get help or talk to a friend talk to family talk to anyone so you can't talk about depression and not talk about it it's history Initially, I didn't even think <laughs> that one day maybe I, you know, think about the history of depression. Where did depression come from? Or how was it treated in the past or whatever? But in the 14th century, there's a doctor called Hippocrates. I'm, I'm hoping that's the pronunciation of his name, Hippocrates. Um, he, he diagnosed, he, he said um, depression is, he, he termed it as, to depress, meaning to bring down one's spirits. It was called melancholia, a deep sadness. Right now, use use melancholy to mean deep sadness or whatever, but then it was a diagnosis. And in 1665, a British author in his book called The Chronicle um, used, used to refer to it as the Great Depression the spirit of uh, the spirit of losing hope that's what he had in his book uh he was called robert button uh he also released another book the anatomy of melancholy it was a book so he stated that some of the causes could be a uh, way not could be the the way poverty fear and loneliness and, he, and a few others of course he made a few recommendations at the time uh saying diet or exercise or music therapy and uh, purgatives that's to like detoxify your body and traveling among other things of course those could you know help a lot but since aristotle those of you that know those philosophers and whatnot since aristotle's time melancholia was um believed to be among the studied men and the intelligent so this brings me back to a time when those of you that studied in school, in uh, traditional schools in Uganda, it brings me back to a time when you, I don't know if all of you uh, had ever heard of this myth. I don't know if it's a myth or what. I, I, I'm not sure how to term it, but I do believe it's a myth. We used to have to read a lot. You'd have to read books of about four years behind to cope at the, at the level that you were. So there was always this saying that, don't read too much. Of course, you're supposed to read too much and you're supposed to pass and get the good grades. Otherwise, you're going to repeat the class. No one wants to repeat a class. But don't read too much because you might lose your mind. You might run mad. I don't know if it's still there, but it kind of relates to this, this situation. But then in the 18th and the 19th century, that's the age of enlightenment. Oh my God. So this word has just reminded me of something that happened this, uh, this week. Not very relevant to this, but the entanglement phrase. It's really funny. I mean, I'm not judging anyone who was part of the entanglement or whatever. Uh, I believe people have their own views on what and how they do things and whatever. I'm not judging. But you know what's really really funny um i was i was scrolling through twitter i like to scroll through the timeline and just go through 
things and stories and really you know, minding my own business, finding out what's new in town, what's happening, what's not happening, get a few memes, laugh a bit, interact with people, blah, blah, blah. So I land on this story. I'm not going to mention on who's, uh, who exactly posted this story, but you know what? Yeah, so the story was um, a lady was saying boys should stop um boys should stop blaming you know you should stop blaming and and throwing shade to that whole entanglement saga and whatnot so she was saying boy she's 39 years old the lady is 39 years old so she was saying boys days are so easy to get you're just so easy you're so easy and you're so out there you'll just do anything for anything silly so she says one time she invited this 20 year old boy to her place apparently it was very easy to entice him to her place and you know they did what they did they yes they did the deed and whatnot but he was amazed that she had bed sheets can you imagine she was no he was amazed that she at her place had bed sheets and after doing the deed on those bed sheets you know what she did she did she gets the bed sheets and tells him to take them he can take them so he takes them and he's really really happy so you see such a low standard and i'm not blaming him i mean you can't judge someone by what by their standards or whatever it is a funny story though i did have a good laugh but you know what let me not even talk about the entanglement thing i'm back to the age of enlightenment in the 18th and the 19th century it was viewed as um weakness in temperament temperament uh, that was inherited and could not be changed at that time depression was just viewed as something so weird like you're weak you're weak in your temperament and it was inherited and it could not be dealt with it could not be changed nothing could ever be done about it so people were shunned and locked up that was the treatment for depression at the time so thank you lord that you're born right now if you have a lord thank you lord (laughs) that you're born right now and you can you can get treatment right now yes but um we're going deeper into the history of depression so in the 14th between the 14th and the 17th century my history is based on europe the thing about african history why i can't really give details on the african history of depression is because our ancestors didn't really write as much they didn't write they didn't record things they didn't put things down in writing so you can't get exact details on certain things especially like depression and i'm going to get to a point to the point where i talk about why you probably will not find history of depression in africa written by africans especially in uganda i'm talking about uganda mostly but in the between the 14th and the 17th century all throughout europe this was a time of witch hunts and executions i'm not sure if that was the time when the guillotine was around yet but imagine you're depressed you're mentally ill uh, especially depression because depression cuts across a lot of mental illnesses it entangles itself a lot in a lot of uh, mental illnesses so imagine you're got you're determined to be mentally ill but you know at the time it's not even considered a mental illness it's considered maybe a curse or something and you guillotined like that you executed and execution is public so it's public shame and execution you're killed because of how you are 
and you can't help it but you know it's a time but during the common era this is where it gets very very interesting and the funny thing is it's still depicted in africa even today today i'm talking about right now 2020 the 21st century it's still depicted even in africa uganda to be specific during the common era barbaric and primitive treatments were the norm uh cornelius celsus uh he was a doctor at the time, doctor or philosopher or whatever. He recommended harsh treatments of starvation, shackles, and beating. Let me repeat this for you. The treatments that were recommended were starvation, shackles, and beating. Imagine you're depressed and you're going through this. There's no way you're going to recover. There's no way you're going to recover. But a Persian doctor named Rezes uh, did did see it as arising from the brain and recommended treatments like baths. So you'd have probably have a bath and, you know, that would be a recommended treatment for you at the time. But the Middle Ages, in the Middle Ages, that's when religion was very, very, very strong, especially Christianity, which dominated Europe at the time. So the thinking was in that line. Uh, the depression and mental illness was related to the devil and demons or witches so there was a lot of witch hunts exorcisms drowning and burning and people were locked up in asylum prisons and whatnot so it was a tough time it was a tough time it was a very very tough time but towards uh, when we come to the 1950s the 1960s the 1970s 1980s up to where we are now depression has over the time been studied and looked at and embraced in a much different way but why i find this history very important and relevant to uganda in specific is because there's a lot of this exorcism and blaming of the, of, of the devil on a mental illness that still goes around i'm not blaming anyone exorcism is fine uh if you have it in your religion that's fine but there's some cases where a mentally ill person is going to be taken and mistaken for being influenced by the devil or by demons there's a lot of those societies still in uganda even today i'm not attacking anyone i'm just saying it's uh it still happens it's real and in uganda today if you say you're depressed there's a common saying those are white things those are white people things it's a real thing guys depression is a real thing you can be depressed you can be extremely sad and it's a very serious thing it can damage you badly the worst damage you can have to yourself is a, a mental damage it it really takes you and because you can't see it you can't touch it you just feel it it's very hard to deal with but that's life uh the causes of depression are known to be biological, psychological, and social. Uh, but when we talk about biological, this brings me to the genetic factor. 60% of the causes of depression are environmental. But the other 40% is genetic. That means if you have a sibling or a parent who is depressed, chances are high that they can pass on that depression to you but depression is so complex that it can't you can't it can't have just 
one particular cause everyone it varies from individual to individual that's how difficult it is it varies from individual to individual we're going to have environmental factors like um, abuse it could be physical abuse or sexual abuse or emotional abuse those of you that like giving psychological torture please turn it down take it away learn to be more empathetic learn to be more empathetic don't don't be a cause for someone to you know slip away into something or what be more empathetic there is this saying that um, I, I, I got this statement from Dr. Ramani Devasila. Those of you that watch her on YouTube or follow her online, on Twitter, on Facebook, she gives a lot of insights on narcissism and depression and whatnot. She says, sometimes it's important for you to listen even a hundred times to someone for the same thing. Just sit down and listen, just listen. You might get tired, but maybe it's going to take this person 100 times to get over what they're talking about, what's making them sad and whatnot. So some of the causes are, some of the causes are into, intertwined with the symptoms of depression. But we'll talk about all this in the next episode, next week. But I'm going to give a, a hint, a, a hint. People who are depressed often feel dejection, despondent, extremely sad. We've already said that. But a lot of the causes, there's a hormone of, there's the hormonal flux. This is very common in women. That is why women are more likely to get depressed, to get depression. Because of the hormonal flux, it, it, it messes you up, you know, with your brain, especially around childbirth, menstruation, pregnancy, and premenopause around that time. Then there's the lifestyle. How do you eat? Do you exercise? But then again, like I said, it varies from individual to individual. We've got situations. Situations, maybe uh, you, you suddenly lose your job, you lose money, you lose, uh, you lose your house, you lose your family, you lose you know, loss, especially loss in situations or uncertainty. Some people experience anxiety, others just slip right into depression. Sometimes both. Then there's stress and there's grief and loss, guys, grief and loss. It's important to always be there for your friends when they're grieving. If they grieve for three years, please be there for them for all those three years. It's important. The most, the, the most interesting cause is seasons. Seasons. So people are more likely to get depressed in uh, the colder times of the seasons. Yes, I'm talking the rainy season or the winter. Those times, people are more likely to get depressed. Again, we'll talk about this in the next episode. The next episode is going to be filled with the causes of depression. Right now, in this episode, we were just understanding depression. What is depression? You know? But some of the signs... Depression causes, inf uh, causes irregularities in a lot of someone's life activities. Like I said earlier, it can affect how one does things. That means it can affect you know your hobbies you stop doing things that you usually like doing or you stop doing daily simple tasks you just stop it you find people staying in bed all day some people sleep more some people sleep less uh there's loss of appetite some people even have more appetite there's weight loss some people have weight gain activity levels again the activity levels that's a very very big time they're very low and a person feels hopeless you start seeing people with uh suicidal thoughts 
please watch out for anyone that has suicidal thoughts it's dangerous very dangerous but these are the most common signs especially in adults and whatnot but in children you have a child who suddenly doesn't who suddenly uh, recoils at the sight or at the sound or at the mention of a certain person watch out for some of those signs very very small children can get extra clingy like you see a child getting extra 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 clingy all of a sudden they're extra clingy they stop uh, playing they 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 no longer like to see a certain relative or a certain friend of yours or you know watch out for some of those signs some of you say in Uganda it's called Chejo sometimes it's beyond Chejo sometimes you need to look into it and see why is this kid being this way a kid maybe just suddenly doesn't want to go to school anymore or suddenly doesn't want to go to the playground anymore or suddenly doesn't want to go to the neighbors to play anymore or doesn't want the neighbors kids around anymore or small small things they stop they stop eating and the most common is saying they have pain but with pain it happens even in adults. You can have, say, chronic back pain or chronic neck pain or chest pain. Sometimes it's just depression, but it's pulling itself out in chronic pain. When you get teenagers, they're very irritable. Very, very irritable. That's the most common sign. Very irritable. Sad all the time. Again, suicidal thoughts. But by the time someone gets to suicidal thoughts, it's very, very serious. Please look into it. These are not the things of the Bazungu. They're also our things. Once again, thank you very much for listening to me on Follow Talks with Cynthia. Next week, we'll be talking about the causes and the signs of depression. Thank you for tuning in.